What's up, everybody? It's Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, it's that guy, North Star Married. You remember that? To my North Star. What's up, everybody? Finishing Pride Week, <laughs> Pride Month strong. Yes, we are. I love that I don't even have a name. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know he does have a name, but like he's very much just the guy that North Star married because they wanted to have a gay couple get married and have them on the cover. Because it's like, I don't remember anyone really talking about this relationship until the marriage. <laughs> His name is Kyle. <laughs> oh, of course it is. It's like the blandest. He is the blandest mm. character, too. Like, anytime he shows up, he's just like, hey, honey, what's going on? And North Star is just like being a dick. And he's like, okay, honey, nice talking. And he walks away. It's like, come on, Kyle, stand up for yourself. Unbelievable. Kyle deserves better. He does, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're stuck with me. I am. I am. Let's get into our abysmal news week. Yeah. There just was not shit. So uh, Harley Quinn is, uh, the season four is going to drop on Max on July 27th. So I know you're probably pretty excited about that because you like it. Is that a show you just wait to binge or do you watch it just weekly? Um, I'm going to say wait to binge because I didn't watch all of season one until it was all out. Mm-hmm. I, I probably watch season two weekly, but then season three I binge. So uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, will I remember that it's coming out weekly? Then yeah, I'll check it out. I got you, man. It's good though. It's really good. Highly suggested to anybody that's looking for a comedy. Harley is not uh, as insufferable as you expect her to be. You don't have anything? You want me to keep going? Oh no, I do. I just uh, right. I didn't know if you were gonna say anything. <laughs> No, like I, I just never could get into it. I think it's one of those things, same thing as like Deadpool, where I'm like, oh yeah, you're just your your punchline is the word fuck. Got it. Yeah, and that shit just gets annoying. I don't, I don't think the show's really like that though. Okay, but you know, I don't, sure. I don't have Max anymore. I, I dropped it because I was like, you drop an HBO, I'm dropping you. I don't need fucking Chip and Joanne tell me how to decorate my house. <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway i i know i should save this absolute bombshell for last but the el muerto movie starring bad bunny has been canceled well i think that's a good that's that's good news for all of us um madam webheads yep because like they're just expanding that universe more like that's what it's got to be they're like hey no no more bad bunny movie madam web movie universe i i hope that i hope that whenever they show the title for this first madam web movie it says part one of 12 dude that's that's just the first movie though (laughs) <laughs> right yeah it's yeah. part one of 12 and then the sequel <laughs> but it's gonna be a trilogy <laughs> yeah it's a trilogy part one of 12 and then they also have like its own tv shows that amazon will be doing you know yep. for the madam web verse so we're very excited sony if you could sony if you're listening i've been a long time playstation player so jake hasn't so if you don't want to cast him that's fine but if you could just put us in we will fly our fucking selves out there if you could just put us in a scene of Madam Web. Yep. So fucking cool. E- even if it's just killing us. If, totally even, if it, even if it's just us going, hey, look at that. That's Madam Web. Great. <laughs> when they haven't said her name yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, Sony, here's another idea. Shoot a scene in St. Louis. I hear there's a comic book shop there and everything. Just tossing ideas out. Yep. I I can talk to the guy and let you guys in there. You can film there on, on free free. There you go. Um, let us know down below. Who should we play in Madam Web? Should I be Madam Web? Should Jake? Should we be Peter Parker's parents? Because I hear they're supposed to be in it. Could they recast us as Peter Parker's parents? Who knows? Please, that is my dream role. 
I mean, he's read all of their appearances in the comics. I have. I have. (laughs) Uh, We're dumb. Uh, Speaking of dumb movies, we got the Craven the Hunter trailer. Did you see that? Boy, did I. That, that, dude, I can't believe it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I think this movie could have been awesome if it was like 20 years ago and uh, what's his name that's playing Craven's dad, uh, Russell Crowe? Mm-hmm. If he was Craven, I'd be like, oh boy, this is going to be really good. But with no fucking like personality Johnson playing Craven the Hunter, I'm like, we're supposed to suffer through this wet rag of a human being. <laughs> While he's like, I have I have lion blood in me, and that's why I'm such an alpha animal now. It's like, get out of here. You know, here's the thing though, dude. I think it is gonna be awesome, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. No, I mean it's gonna be like that's how it's I like would have Punisher War Zone levels of that's what action. I thought it would have been had it been like a Russell Crowe or someone mm-hmm. with a personality, but like with him, it's just gonna be like, hey guys. I'm gonna bite you now. <laughs> except he's Charlie Sheen, right? Yeah, he's I, got, like, I, got, I got tiger's blood. Except he doesn't have that. He doesn't have any charisma. He's just like, I'm a lion man now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll be the first to admit, I don't know that much about Craven, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't bitten by a lion. No, he, it's like, he's, he's just like peak human strength, right? Yeah, he also, I mean, in all fairness, being like, oh, it's so ridiculous. He got bit by a lion. This is how he did Because it's like, oh, yeah, you mean the guy that I'm pretty sure he took special herbs and all this other shit, too, that added to it. Right. He also had a fucking vest that shoots laser beams out of the nipples. He's a ridiculous character. That's just cool. So yeah. like, it does, the ridiculousness isn't the issue. I mean, it's like, just lean into the ridiculousness and get a good actor that can, like, have a personality. I think it would work, but it's just like, my God, that dude is just... Like, you could have a potato playing Craven the Hunter and it'd have more personality. Like, holy <laughs> crap, that guy's terrible. I I honestly can't wait. I will go see it in theaters. I, I can't. I can't wait. It's gonna be just, so bad. I just love... I love you, like, being like, yeah... I'm probably just going to wait for streaming for these Marvel movies. Craven the Hunter, you say? Sign me up. <laughs> okay, but tell me which one's going to make me laugh more. It's going to be Craven. Fair enough, man. It's like, yeah, I could watch the same old cookie cutter bullshit with Ant-Man 3, or I could go watch this absolute dumpster fire and enjoy every second of it. So, you know, that's how it is. Fair enough, buddy. All right. Let us us know if you're excited for Craven the Hunter. And should Jake be in it? Should I be Craven the Hunter? (laughs) You'd have more personality. (sighs) All right. We're in a mood tonight. We are in a mood tonight. (laughs) I love it. More casting stuff. In regards to Superman Legacy, did you see this stuff earlier, Casey? I've seen just more rumors where he's almost done cast. Like, we're, like the only non-rumor is James Gunn saying, I'm almost done casting, and everyone else is like, oh, I'm speculating. Like, All right. It. So the, the newest thing is that actors were put in pairs for Clark and Lois uh, for screen tests, and those included Nicholas Holt and Rachel... Brosnahan, Tom Brittany, and Phoebe Dynavor, and then David Cornsweat and Emma Mackey. Now, I hope old Cornsweat wins. <laughs> here's the thing. I do too, because like I out of all six of those people, I only knew Nicholas Holt. I Googled the other two guys. If you put glasses on David Corn Sweat, that's Clark Kent, dude. Well, I mean, he knows how corns sweat, so he's you know he's ready for the Clark side of it for sure. <laughs> Here, let me. I'll pull up a picture and share right. my screen. Yeah, I don't, 
like I, I guess a lot of the other guy, like or at least one of the other guys, looks an awful lot like uh, Henry Cavill, which is like that's a bit weird that they're casting someone that looks a lot like old HC, which it's also like a lot of guys. When you like think back, it's like yeah, a lot of guys kind of do look like him. Like none of them are as hunky, but like Matthew Bomber or Bonner looks a lot like him. And then there's like a few other guys who are like, mm, yeah, these these white dudes all look kind of like, yeah, it's like they must have came out of the same mold it's like they all kept you know they kept making them and they're like we perfected it at henry right okay so here's tom Brittany. i guess this is the one that they're saying looks like henry a bit i can kind of see it i can kind of see that too but here's old corn sweat and like like come on yeah he needs to he needs to beef up though he needs to get on that uh get some of those special uh protein he needs to be shakes on the corn diet yeah, he needs to get some of those special uh Protein shakes that old um, Hugh Jackman was talking about. There was an interview where he was talking about, he's like, yeah, I've started splitting my pants because my legs are getting so big. And it's like, yeah, it must be them protein shakes I'm taking. It's like, ooh, the trend balloon <laughs> protein <laughs> shakes, bud. He knew what he was saying. Oh, yeah. No, he he's 100% just being mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't do steroids. Yeah. Like you dude, you're a hundred and you're looking amazing. Like, don't don't worry about it. We all know. Yeah. And we don't care. Yeah. But yeah. Um I'm hoping it's all corn sweat. One, because we've just been making fun of his name and and two, uh, I don't know. It'd just be nice to have someone I've never heard of before doing it so that I don't have, you know, it doesn't sway my expectations one way or the other. Yeah. So we'll see if any of that has any meaning. What if like Corn Sweat was actually reading for Lois? <laughs> well, then I guess she'd be pretty attractive. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, I'll mention this. A Godzilla Jet Jaguar short film has been announced for Godzilla Fest 2023 because it's Jet Jaguar's birthday that year, along with Megalon. So I have a feeling Megalon will be in it. It's going to be similar to like the, the Dora one that they did and the Gigan one that they did too. Did you like those? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, if you like Suitmation, that type of stuff, you're going to like this. If you don't like that stuff, you probably don't like Godzilla. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're getting some more Bloodborne comics uh, in September. Same creative team that did this last series that I liked. That's Colin Bunn on the writing and Peter Kowalski on the art. So uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully it, uh, you know, keeps up with uh, with that last series. Right on. Okay, so Crunchyroll's adding 15 Dragon Ball movies. They're all Z movies except for uh, Broly. But yeah, so we're getting all of those. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's I don't have Crunchyroll. It makes me I kind of want it just for this because I think that'd be pretty cool to be able to watch some of them because there's a lot I haven't seen and I hear some of them are really good. I've just always been a continuity nerd. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. It's not real. Then I'm like, oh yeah, none of it is. So... <laughs> But so I think it could be cool. Are you at all interested in that? Yeah. And I have Crunchyroll, so I can hook you up with that login, broski. Thanks, bud. So yeah, that should be fun. I've I haven't I've definitely not seen all 15. I've seen maybe five. And I'm I'm always like, damn, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, I because I know I've seen like the tree of the tree of might or whatever, then dead zone. And then I've seen like the cooler ones. And the cooler was... ones were uh, my favorite when I was a yeah. kid. See, like those two came on Cartoon Network when Dragon Ball Z was being made fun of at school. So I was like, I didn't, I was like watching it, like, like, you know, watch like in the closeted watching it type of thing. <laughs> but then there was another one though where like they had, I don't remember the name of it, but like one year for Christmas, me, Liz, and Nick all got Dragon Ball Z tapes. And one of us got one with the yellow guy that was like fat, like, Goku does the Kamehameha wave in his stomach and like it then shoots back at him. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. the name of that one, but we had that. <clears throat> I've seen that one too. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've seen that whole movie, but I've seen clips of that part. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. 
All right. My last bit of news. Um, Werewolf by Night and Elsa Bloodstone are going to team up for an oversized one-shot this September. Derek Landy will be writing it with Fran Gallen on the art. I am all about that. I like both of those characters, and I think that's going to be a fun special, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure, too. And our last bit of news, this is uh, big news for both of us, too. HBO, Universal, Marvel, and Netflix are all skipping San Diego Comic-Con because of the writer strike. And to make it official, so are we. We stand with the writers. It's not because we weren't invited or it's all the way in San Diego. It's because of the writer strike alone. You know, we had everything booked. We had the hotel lined up. Our flight was already paid for, but we're like, no. Yeah, we had to tell them. They're taking a big hit because of this, because of you guys, of how you demanded us there. And that, you know, but we just said, no, writer strike is more important. We were going to moderate panels. It was going to be great, but what can you do? C2E2, better make sure this writer strike's over. Just kidding, we'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is the end of the news, man. Yep. What did you read this week? Ooh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. (laughs) You'll never get it from me. Shit! (laughs) 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 I'm sorry to everybody. (laughs) I read I Am Iron Man at number four. I Hate Fairyland, number six. I am Wild's End. It's not I am. I just wanted to do another I <laughs> one. I Hellcat, number four. I Godzilla, There Be Dragons. I am Batgirls, number 19. Should I stop doing the I am? I don't know, yeah. but I'm the world's finest, number 16. <laughs> Superman, number five. Incredible Hulk, number one. And Saga, number 65. All right, and I had a Cyborg 2, Scarlet Witch Annual 1, Last Barbarians 5, Superboy, Man of Tomorrow 3, Nightwing 105, Wonder Woman 800, World's Finest 16, Batgirls 19, Godzilla Yar There Be Dragons 1, Saga 65, and Incredible Hulk number 1. No Superman? Well, guess I forgot that one. Well, we both were a couple of knuckleheads this we were. week. All right, I'll kick us off here. I might have one or two more. It sounded like you had a whole laundry list, honestly. So we'll start with Cyborg number two. It's written by Morgan Hampton with art by Tom Rainey. And Valentine Delandro. It's all right. I don't, I doubt I pick up the next one. I just don't care about the story too much. Like it's, it's not, it's not bad. It's just not great either. Um, but essentially, uh, Vic's dad died, but his consciousness got uploaded into this robot. And this robot has powers and wants to help Vic. But Vic doesn't trust it. And then also it looks like the Silas AI has been uploaded to other places as well, which everyone seems to think is a problem on the last page. And that's where it ends. So like the last couple pages were where it was interesting, but it was kind of a slog to get to that point. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like at a 6 out of 10. All right, since you talked about that book, I'm going to talk about this one. This is one that I was like kind of on the fence about. I like Dan Abnett, so that's why I picked it up. But Wild's End cover. Wow. So good. Such a good cover. Um, the story, though, it's by Dan Abnett and uh, INJ Colburn. Did the uh, letter and did the art. And it's like a bunch of animals that are, you know, humans, basically, doing uh, sailor work. 
the head save the head skipper is like this is his last go around. He's old. He gets mixed up and stuff. But they, the radio messes up, and then they get it back to working, and there's no fish, and you know they're they're kind of arguing and stuff. And they get back to the shore, and no one's there. Everyone's disappeared, and they're like, "Hey, we found some shoes," and they're like, "Hey, his feet are still in them," and that's how it ends. And like, boy, this like like you said, this is a slog to get through. I was like, I do not care. And like, the worst part is they're all British, which is like, boy, reading accents sucks. I hate it. <laughs> Especially when it's like the most mundane shit. Like, oh man, I don't care at all. Like, it's this is supposed to be the book that gets you like invested in the characters, and I am not. But it's like at the end, I'm like, did they drag me back in with that one interesting bit at the very end? Probably not, because it's a three out of ten for me. <laughs> oh gosh you me waiting on you to give your you know grade was more of a hook than that story you know yeah it's just like honestly it just drug and drug and drug and it like it did not like the characters were not like charming in any way and maybe had they had not had you know terrible accents that i had to read i'd enjoy it more but holy crap that was really all right scarlet witch annual number one written by steve orlando with art by carlos nieto uh and this whole thing is uh like a team up between wanda and old mommy harkness because she's, she's young looking, again. Yeah, she's looking better than she ever did. Like, thank God they cast her in the TV show. So they're like, yeah, we got to make her hot now. Yep. And make her hot, they did. Um. So, yeah, they just, they kind of duke it out. But then they team up and have a little friendship moment. Um. And then at the end, Agatha sort of goes crazy and rips the heart out of this demon. So... That, that has something to do with the story. But anyway, it's all set up for this little mini event called Contest of Chaos, which I'll probably read because I've been digging this series. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Good stuff. It's fun. The art's solid. And I'm just kind of a sucker for all this magic stuff. So we'll see. Oh, I just realized that the Contest of Chaos checklist is just a bunch of annuals for Spider-Man and Iron Man and Fantastic Four. And wouldn't you know it, Casey, I don't give a fuck. So I'm probably yep. not going to be reading that. Yeah, um, I feel you. But this was good enough. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Right on. So I am Iron Man issue four by Maruya A. Odell and Dotan Akande. So this is pretty neat. Tony's eating his, you know, got a strange dinner because he's he's eating with Doctor Strange. And they, they like to hang out together. And Tony's like, can you see that? And then Doctor Strange is like, says all the different magic crap that he can see because he's always, you know, and Tony's like, no, like the yeah, he's, he's like, none of that's what I'm seeing. And so then he gets other magic people, then he gets Moon Knight, and he gets uh, Spider-Man. All of them are like, no, 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 you know. And this is also, like, would have been when Tony was head of S.H.I.E.L.D. times, you know? So he's not the most beloved hero right now. And then they, you know, Doctor Strange does some magic-y stuff. Uh, Tony shows him all of his armors that he uses to try to stop his friends, basically. So there, there's the Hulkbuster and the Thorbuster and all that stuff, you know, the filibuster. And then there's this, <laughs> there's this uh, murder that's happening, and like basically Tony's been compromised. He's you know doesn't know how, but then Doctor Strange is like, hey, I figured out what it was, and they kill the thing. As you know, Doc is like, I figured out what it was, and like it turns out. It's called Block and Key. The monsters are locks. And the thing that had been killing people were called, it's called a key. It infects people. It does this stuff. And then it wants to get killed. And once it's killed, it opens the locks. It was a neat concept. 
and they stop it. You know, they, they were able to figure out how to do that. They put the thing in this space that Tony made. And then afterwards, Dr. Strange is like a weapon that uses almost infinite power of the cosmic cube to cancel out mystical energy. If I left a part of my spell in that contraption, Tony, is this this is this your strange buster? It's like you truly have no limits. And then he flies off upset. And the, his like little guy's like, Mr. Stark, your friend is not pleased. Should we should we destroy the weapon? And Tony, in his most Batman fashion, is like, no. I'm like, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. This was like a weaker issue, in my opinion, for like what's been a really solid Iron Man thing, but like I still liked it a lot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six point five, right on the cusp of seven. It's it is good. It's just like much weaker than the rest of these. I am I am Iron Man stories. Right on. Oh, the art in it though is spectacular. I'll just toss that out there too. Okay, the last Barbarians number five. It's the final issue. Uh, it's written by Brian Haberlin and Hannah Wall, with art by Brian Haberlin. This was a spectacularly disappointing final issue. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, this this could have gone on for a lot longer, and they decided to wrap it up in like the last four pages. Yeah, and you cannot wrap up high fantasy in four pages you can't do it <laughs> so yeah art really good i just hated how it ended it's just so the bad guy's dead and then they're all back in the tavern sharing a beer the next page and then they lived happily ever after that just pisses me off so bad yeah um so i'm gonna give that a four and Gosh, as a whole, I don't know. That really brings it down. I really wouldn't recommend it. So, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, I hate Fairyland number six. Not like it's been a while. It's been a while since I read. I hate Fairyland. And it feels like it has, <laughs> but it's uh, written by Scotty Young and drawn by Brett Bean. Brett Bean does a really good job of capturing Scotty Young's style while also being different enough that it still works. We get weird characters like a were-doodle. It's a um, werewolf uh, designer breed. It's a cross between a werewolf and a poodle. So that was pretty funny. Um, they're trying to find a way to kill Gert, and they uh, get some people to do it. Which Here's is my fun, question. Fun little thing at the end. Why is why is everyone out to get her? Because the last series, she was just such a royal asshole. She killed a lot of people. She still had to be killing people, but now she was just a murdering machine. But she, the one thing that she was bad at was actually getting going home. She just sucked at the whole main purpose. But boy, could she murder people! And so <laughs> she's just like this terrible asshole of murdering ball of chaos like chaotic evil just think of like the most chaotic evil thing and that was like younger this girl's not as bad she's still an asshole probably more chaotic neutral but <laughs> so you know and so they, they they got a plan to try to kill her it's interesting i'm really excited to see where the next issue goes i'm gonna eight five liked it a lot good all right next up for me is superboy man of tomorrow three and it's written by Kenny Porter with art by Janoy Lindsay. But I really got to show you this variant cover by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz because it's so anime and it's fucking awesome. That is great. Like one of the coolest covers ever. I love it. That like that would be the box art cover for the Superboy Man of Tomorrow DVD from 2004. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so good. Um, but yes, this was a pretty cool issue. I think it's my favorite of the three issues that have been out. It's really sort of, uh, you know, it's found its stride and it's setting up cool stuff with the invaders. Um, 
you know, this group that Connor is hanging out with may not be all that they seem like. And, uh, you know, at the end, a pretty cool development with uh, a Green Lantern. So nice. it's just, it's good stuff. It's just fun, cosmic DC stuff. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And I'm curious, Casey, what you think of it once you read it. I'll text you about it. Um, so next up for me, it's Hellcat number four by Christopher Cantwell and Alex Lenz on the art. I love the art in this series. I mean, it just works really well. I'll try to get a good picture. Yeah, here. Just if you guys don't know what it looks like, that's what it looks like. It just works for this series. I absolutely love it. This story itself, I'm like, it's kind of kind of going off the rails. I'm still like in for the ride, but I don't know how, and I don't know if I'm enjoying the ride as much as I was in the earlier issues, but, you know, we kind of get the reveal of, like, what the plan was with the door and all that stuff. It's still solid, but it's not as good as it was. Like, I remember, like, the first issue, I was like, oh, my God, now I'm like, mm, you're, you're losing me, but I'm going to go six on this issue. All right. Next, I'll talk about Nightwing 105. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo. The only neat thing about this issue, and you can tell from the cover, the whole thing is in first person for Dick. Mm -hmm. um, now for when it gets dumb. So... I don't remember um, Dick's sister knowing anyone else's secret identity. Like she knows that Dick is Nightwing, mm -hmm. but she FaceTimes Dick and he answers and he's there with Barbara. And uh, the sister's like, Nightwing, a biological weapon has been stolen and is loose in Bloodhaven. And Babs is like, we're on our way and just gears up as Batgirl. So I'm like, Okay, well, I guess, I guess she knows her identity now, too. Um, I don't know, man. I just I just miss a good secret identity and, and yeah. the drama that that brings. 100%. It's lazy writing that keeps that from not happening anymore. Yeah. Same thing with MCU. That's why, like, all of their characters, except for Spider-Man, none of them have secret identities. And I think they just are like, yeah, it's harder to write. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, then we get a fun little scene of Dick Grayson mansplaining, jumping from train to train to Barbara. <laughs> Here, okay, here's the, here's my big complaint with this book. It's so horny. Mm -hmm. It's so horny for no reason, no reason at all. Um, in all fairness, so are we. Okay, but we're not paying the right <laughs> comics. Yet, DC, call us if you want some horny books. <laughs> we'll, we'll make Tom Taylor's look like fucking Disney Channel, all right? Have you heard our Mad Libs? <laughs> so, That's the title of the episode, by the way. DC, call us if you want some horny books. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you remember Double Dare? Like, there's one of them, but they're twins. Oh, from yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, from the 90s series. So they're in this, and they catch up to her. Uh, really quick, you're talking about being horny. Um, the Wizard, like Wizard Comics, their magazine, they had the, they used to like do like little bubbles to add to the, con there was one where Double Dare were like wrapped around Dick Grayson, like on the cover of a Nightwing, you know? And like, they're like, oh, it's like they're like, they saying something like, is that your utility belt poking me? Like that, they're saying something like that. And like, Dick Grayson's like, think about baseball. Think baseball. <laughs> That's really funny. So. Okay, hold on. Let me find the part. All right. So they find Double Dare on this train because what's her name took over the train, kicked everyone out. And uh, Babs is like, tell us why you've taken the train. She's like, there are people after me, and they're a lot less friendly than you. Uh, you know, and it's this real serious moment. And then she runs and they catch her. And then she goes, I miss this, Nightwing. Me running, you chasing and grabbing. 
And then Babs turns around and she goes chasing and grabbing A. And it's just like, she's going to go from this, like, I need help. People are after me to, I sure miss these bondage sessions, Dick. You know what I mean? It's just so bad. It's so bad. And anyway, then they're talking about how someone took this dare's sister and they come up with this plan to get her back and Dick's like, but where could we get another athletic redhead at short notice? So then, bam, Barbara puts on the double dare costume. And, uh, you know, later in the book, she's she still has it. And she's like, should I keep this costume for some chasing and grabbing? And it's like, Jesus Christ, Tom Taylor, can you fucking <laughs> like take a cold shower before you write these scripts? You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and there, and I can't find it right now, but there was another horny ass line in there too. I'm just like, for fuck's sake, what is this book? Um, so yeah, anyway, the, the real issue is that it's what's his name, Heart Stealer, um, that's doing all this shit, and uh, Double Dare gets away, they save the sister, and then they run away, so. I don't know. I mean, it's not good, but I, I'm docking points for being extra horny in places where it just it shouldn't be horny. Because if if the whole book were that tone, that's one thing, right? Like, like sex criminals. Sure, you expect that book to be a little horny. Yeah. Uh, but Nightwing, when she's like, "There's people after me, and I gotta save my sister." Remember when we fucked Dick? It's like, come on, what are you talking about? It's just weird. Well, no, it's because like as they're, you know, as he was chasing, she just saw that that juicy booty just bounce up and down. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't even have a sister. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all I know is how to play the rusty trombone now. <laughs> uh so yeah, that that's gonna be like a five, I think. Okay. So, my next book, it's Superman number five by Joshua Williamson and um, oh, uh, Jamal Campbell on the art. And I'm going to say, I'm a little like, I like this cover. I think it's a neat cover. But with, and I'm not spoiling anything because you know how that last issue ended with Jimmy being like, I love her. They really should have gone like golden age with the cover with like Jimmy Olsen being like, she's my love and you know have this like big like they should have gone with that that's my opinion but like come on this like i said nice cover could have been better but story-wise i absolutely love it i think it is so good i love banshee and jimmy i love superman in this i love how he's written the way these bad guys do things it's very smart they do things very well superman's written like i said awesomely lex is written really well this is and like there's this one part like because the way um Campbell does the art is so good and there was one like all the different stuff and there was one spot early on though where I was like holy crap way to just be the fucking boss man <laughs> like I'm gonna try to find it really quick because like I said super cool way of doing art related stuff oh yeah right here so Superman as you can see he flies and goes from panel to panel like like that. Super yeah. smart way of doing things. That Just such nice. a great book. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. It is my pick of the week. I loved it. Wow. High praise. Wonder Woman 800. Uh, it's written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. And goodness, the artist's. Joel Jones, Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, Nick Robles, Todd Knox, Skylar Partridge, Coley Hamner, and Jen Bartell. Um, and then the backup is by Tom King and Daniel Sampier. Dude. The Joel Jones stuff, like, you read Wonder Girl. You know mm-hmm. how good that art was. She was like, that wasn't even my final form. <laughs> I mean, look at this. That's amazing. And 
she only has a couple pages, but I wish she'd done everything. That that's her drawing of Diana. I mean, it's just nuts. It's just insane. Um, but yeah, this whole thing is just Diana's being healed in, uh, you know, the house of the oracles or whatever. And she's jumping around from dream to dream. She talks to like Yara and Donna and Cassie, um, even talks to Bruce and Clark and just kind of, you know, everyone tells them how they're inspired by her and what she means to them. And I don't know. She kind of just finds herself and her purpose again. Uh, and it was just a nice, nice way to wrap up this whole series. I think by Clunan and Conrad, you can tell how much they love Wonder Woman. And I think that her conversations with all these other characters just make sense. It feels like something that they would say to each other. And I like how it wrapped up. It was just a true, really good ending. Um, then we get to the backup story. It's clearly a future story because Damien and Jonathan are Batman and Superman. And then Trinity shows up. Uh, Lizzie is her, like Lizzie Prince. Uh, Elizabeth Marsden Prince is her full name. She goes by Trinity. She I has. She took James Marsden, her father's last name. <laughs> no, it's spelled different. Oh, shoot. But she has three lassos. There's a gold one, a silver one, and a black one. And they all do something different. But anyway, she needs Damien and Jonathan to uh, each do a part of this trial. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's whatever, I guess. But then at the end, she talks to some king. Uh, and I, I don't even know who he was the king of. But he's going to tell her uh, a story about Wonder Woman and... Uh, you know, how she defeated him or something. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, it was like five pages or whatever. So I don't I don't know if I'm gonna read that first one of theirs or not. I'm gonna say probably not. Yeah. But the art's really nice. I mean, I'll just show a page of where Trinity makes her debut. I mean, it's nice art for sure. Mm -hmm. Um it's just I know the story is going to be a Tom King story. <laughs> yep. Uh, but the rest was really good. I probably would have given it like a 9.5, so I'll say an 8.5. Right on. I just have our mutuals. Me too. Sweet. All right, so let's do Batgirls. Godzilla, World's Finest, Saga, and then finish up with the Hulk. Sounds good. All right, so on the Clunan and Conrad train, we have Batgirls, number 19. And while you were doing your stuff, I should have opened up. I think it's on the last page. So yeah, it's Becky Clunan, Michael W. Conrad doing the story, and Robbie Rodriguez on the art. And how, I mean, I know how you feel, but how did you feel about this final issue of this very good series? It was good, man. It was a good, good issue. You know, I, apart from like the last couple of pages, it feels like it would have been the end of any other arc. But then, yeah. uh, you know, we get that little extra moment between Cass and uh, Stephanie. And, you know, it's good. Again, Clunan and Conrad having to say goodbye to their other really fucking good book. Yeah. Uh, you can tell. You can tell how much they love these characters. And, it, you know, it was just a really good send-off, in my opinion. I want to show this really good, great uh, art page, too, when yeah. she gets shot through the chest. The way that's done is so good. Uh, but, no, I, I enjoyed this story. I thought it, it was a little weaker than some of their other ones, but it's also, like... It's a damn shame that's ending because it's still like at at the worst this book is like really good or like really solid and then like at its best it's amazing. 
So yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. I think, and I wonder if maybe they just didn't know when this was going to get canceled, but I wish that that arc where Cass saves Steph from her dad would have been like the finale. Cause that would have been like a, a real that big was, punch. Yeah. Like, I mean, they had stuff they like were setting up, you know, like, like this, they had this kind of setup. So they were wanting to, you know, in that way. So I get that, but it's like that other, that stuff, like the freaky Friday stuff, which I was like, this is dumb was so good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was like it that was its peak in my opinion and then everything after that was like it was fine just not quite as good mm-hmm. i agree but i still love this i'm gonna give it a nine the series as a whole i mean e- even if a, even if an issue was just okay i'd still say the series is a nine for me like i would recommend it to anybody yeah, I'm I'm eight and then eight for the series as a whole i like it a lot and i would recommend it to most people, I think it's really, really solid. And if you're listening to this, y'all should just buy it from, you know, old Comic Headquarters on uh, Telegraph Road in sure. uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Opening up a <laughs> second shop uh, in Schlegel, I think. I think he's going to buy up some ground and open up a, a secondary comic book shop in the bustling metropolis known as Schlegel, Illinois. Yes, it would, it would do so well there. All right. Next is Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons. It's by Frank Thierry and Inaki Miranda. So, dude, I just got to say, by the way, I have been watching and reading a lot of pirate-themed stuff here lately. Yeah. And I just... I know that we had talked about it way back when this was announced, but I forgot. So when I opened this and I was like, oh shit, it's Godzilla with pirates. Like I I couldn't have been more thrilled to read it. Yeah. It was, it was cool. It was cool. It is. It's really cool. And this is another thing too, where it's like the way that the artist d- draws stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like, I love that. There's other pages too, where I'm like, this is just so freaking rad. Like, I don't know. I thought it was a, a great time. The story itself is kind of slow, but like this one has that nice cliffhanger. I'm going to kind of compare it to the book that you didn't read with uh, Wild Zen, where I'm like, it had like, it's kind of setting stuff up, telling this story. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of like kind of drugging parts. But then like that big thing at the end, you're like, oh, oh, oh this is rad as hell. So like, you know, it's like it all worked. Whereas, like, like I said, Wild's End really didn't work for me. This 100% worked. I'm also biased because I'm a Godzilla fan. Yeah. And I'm extra biased because I'm also a pirate fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you rate it? I'm probably 8.5. I liked it a lot. Yep. I think, uh, you know, 8.5 sounds good to me, too. All right. So, World's Finest number 16. By Mark Wade and Dan Amora. It's it's fun. I think it's really fun. Yeah, like one thing I don't I didn't quite like was all of the superheroes. I mean, like I get Flash being there, but then like all of the other superheroes just show up. Like after Metamorpho was like fighting, you know, at that one factory and stuff, and the yeah. Melvin died, and then like this is like where did where did all of the other guys like come from like i get flash because like he had robin but then it's like wonder woman supergirl firestorm and green lantern why you know like am i missing something because that just seems like they kind of came out of left field with that but it does I really like that part though. Firestorm shows up and he transmutes the the kryptonite so that it doesn't hurt Superman anymore. We just don't get Firestorm ever anymore. No, so, I really I really think it's just because it's like if you're writing him correctly, he's too OP. And yeah. so you have to come up with ways to make him not, and then it's like he's then just a fucking useless character. So it's you know, it's like there's no good way to happen him. Yep. Except for a fun little moment like this. It yep. was perfect. My or if you're Brad Meltzer, of... you have him get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Brad loves killing people. He's just like, 
hey, let's kill him too. I'm like, why? I don't know. He looks weird. <laughs> Fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of this book, though, it's a little part with Batman and Ollie. Um, Ollie's like, he, he gets this bow and arrow. He's like, this is the best he could do. Batman says, I have faith. It's a one in a million shot. The instant Ted distracts Ultra Morpho, make it count. Ollie says, this will blow my secret identity, you know. And Batman smirks and says, I'm Batman. Everyone will think I did it. And Ollie smirks back and says, like you could. And then he shoots the shot and hits it. I loved it. I thought that was so good. Yeah. That's one thing. Mark Wade writes Batman a little, little more jolly than most people. He does. I figured and, you were gonna you were gonna like the Hawkman stuff. Like Dan Moore drawing Hawkman through you, you were gonna be like, this is a hundred percent in my alleyway. Yep, I was getting there. I <laughs> I liked it. The armor was cool. It was fun to see him just crack the shit out of Kellex. <laughs> just just folded him like a lawn chair, man. It was funny. Right. Um but yeah. You know, any any time you get to see Plastic Man and the Metal Men and Metamorpho just making fun shapes and taking out the bad guys. This is just this is just one of those fun comics for me, man. Yep. It's it it's still serious, but not really, right? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I really like this issue. I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, I'm probably at a nine too. I liked it, like that one little bit where I'm like, I don't really get this. And maybe it makes sense if we were more um like up on the book. Like, Cause like, you know, it's been it's been it's been a couple months since we've read the whole series, you know. So if we started from like when this arc started, like in trade format, it might be like, Oh yeah, no, it does make sense because these reasons, you know. But I don't remember those reasons. So one bummer. That last page says to be concluded. Yeah. And I know that uh, that those, well, I don't know if Dan Mora is, but at least Mark Wade is doing World's Finest Teen Titans. But I thought that they were just going to happen at the same time. But it looks like this one will end to start up Teen Titans. And, you know, I'm fine with it, I guess. Yeah. Everything's got to end. And if Mark's going to continue to do just these fun series for different groups or characters, then I'm on board for it. Yep, same here. I keep looking at the little my door to my um, attic behind me. I'm like, how creepy would it be if like it just pushed open? <laughs> You'll know because I, I know. will yell. <laughs> what is it like a staircase up to an attic? No, it's like, I mean, I've only opened it once, but it's kind of like there's steps, but not not much. It's just kind of like up because it's so hot in there. I haven't explored it much, but I was like, yeah. I don't really want to mess with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe you'll find a couple of milk crates full of Golden Age comics up there. <laughs> My sister found like a bunch of coins in her old house, like that someone had, and they were old coins, and they ended up being worth a lot of money. Nice. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Saul. I'll start Sogoth because I know you really liked Hulk, so I'll let you be the be the one that does that. Sure. So Saga by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn. Picks up the last one left off. It's really, really good. I fucking loved it. What'd you think? Yeah, it was good, man. Again, they're they're just taking out certain characters here and there. Yeah, rips your heart out. Because, like, out of all the characters there, I was like, oh, nothing bad will happen to her. She's yeah. also the most likable one out of all three. Uh, uh, out of three, because Lion Cat is still the best of all. Of yeah. But... And also, we know what that girl's life has been, and yeah. it just makes it that much worse. Yeah. But I love this so much. I I love Squire right now. He's crazy. He is. I okay. love his fuck around and find out mentality here. Like, oh, it's just, it's just so good. Brian does a great job writing. Fiona does a great job drawing. It's like, oh, yeah, no surprise here. Um, no, this is uh, another really, really good book. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I loved it. I'm giving it a 10 as well. 
if it weren't for this next book, it would have been my pick of the week. Right on. Which brings us to our final book, The Incredible Hulk, number one. It's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Nick Klein. I just briefly said how I felt about it. Casey, did you like it? Not near as much as you. I liked it, okay, but it didn't didn't rock my socks. Fair enough. I mean, this they they said they're gonna do the Hulk, but with horror, and I think we got that. Yeah, I mean, it, like after we, like, I I don't know. My my whole like a big thing that I'm kind of annoyed with is like, um, Immortal Hulk was Hulk with horror, and then it's like, oh, more of this, and then we get Spaceship Hulk, and then now we get the, you know a different kind of horror Hulk, and it's like, yeah, just like a regular Hulk story, please. And they're like, no, not for you. <laughs> um, but no, it like I, I liked it. I I think it might be more enjoyable when I know more what's going on. Like that's one of the big things with this. It's like no clue what's going on yet you know it's interesting but it's like who knows who knows where this is going i have another, faith, I, I have faith in philip kenny johnson though another difference between us is you're reading all these hulk series and i'm not so yeah. uh it's just it's new for me and, and you're also the horror boy of the group <laughs> yeah i know right um but dude that that early stuff with the tomb and those demons. I mean, I just think that shit's cool. It's yeah. really cool. Uh, I just, I can't wait to see uh, what happens going forward. So yeah, I loved it. Can't wait for the next issue. And like I said, it's a 10 for me. Definitely my pick of the week. Yeah, we are really different with this one. I'm at a 7.5. I liked it. But again, it's still one of those things where it's like, it did an okay job to make me want to like I mean I am coming back. Like Phil Kenny Johnson has earned that. Like he's earned at least like 50 issues <laughs> at least. Yeah. Before I yeah, turn my back on him. So I'm not too worried about it not, you know, being bad. It's just like it didn't really catch me as well as I wanted it to. But you excited for anything coming out this next week, man? Uh yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna go with uh Oh, where was it? Thor 35, I believe it's uh Torn Grunbeck's final issue, which is sad. A lot of a lot of last issues from books that I like. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll say that. I'm gonna go silk. And then mm, just to go DC, I'll say green arrow. But she hulks up there too. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, for me, it's going to be Ghost Rider, She-Hulk, and The Last Ronin. Right on. Okay. So like a couple weeks back, we talked about writers or artists that you would want to switch companies. Like I mentioned Dan Slott. I was like, yeah, I think he would do really well switching over to different companies. So like if there's someone out there that you're like, yeah, I really want them to switch. And then if you have like an idea of who you want them, like what company they or what character you want them on bonus points for you um yeah so one that comes to mind and this might sound a little weird but jason aaron no i, I get just, that he was I on think, my list <laughs> uh, oh really yeah i think that he like the last few things of his that i've read it's just been kind of stale and i think mm-hmm. if he jumped ship to dc there's lots of opportunity there yep um I don't really want this, but like if I had to pick somebody, I'm going to say Jed McKay. Uh, I love him here lately. And again, I would just want to see him take that Moon Knight and strange magic over to a DC character. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say Justice League Dark just because I know he can fit that vibe. Oh, for sure. Um, Another one uh, is Rick Remender. Rick only does create her own stuff right now, which is fine. He's earned that. Um, I think he's credited with just a handful or less issues of the Atom um, from the early 2000s, I think. But the Ryan, the Ryan ones, or I don't remember. I don't remember which series yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, again, I, I 
want him he, he's done plenty of amazing stuff at marvel but i would love to see him take on some dc stuff maybe maybe take on a character that i don't care about and make me love them sort of thing yeah um and then i'll go artist and say uh we were just talking about her fiona staples i would love to see her do some superhero stuff <laughs> it'd be yeah. so nice so there we go right on Okay, so first one is going to be obviously dance slot because it's got a good dance slot category. And I'm going to go with like, because he, he used to do a She-Hulk book. That's kind of where he, you know, got like big. Yep. And so I'd say, you know, it's supposed to be like a fun kind of humor book. So him doing a Jimmy Olsen and then like working at Superman and then doing Superman for 30 years and then being like, get away from Superman. Go to back to Marvel. Get back on Spider-Man. You know, where we can just yell him for that. Yeah. I think that would be good. I think that'd be good. Uh, then I, with this one, it's 100%. I don't want Joshua Williamson to leave DC, but I do want them to make Spider-Man better. And I think Joshua Williamson could write the hell out of Spider-Man and make it like a good book again, because I've heard nothing but nightmarish things about this current Spider-Man run. <laughs> yeah. You know who uh, I think would also be a good fit for Spider-Man? Uh, Jeremy Adams. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then I had Jason Aaron, like I said, and I think Jason Aaron would be very good on Green Lantern because he did a lot of that weird. I mean, I've not read a lot of his Thor, but I know he did a lot of weird lore stuff with that. I think he could add a lot to the Green Lantern lore and make it really good. And then I'm trying to think of like a someone that does an artist too, so I can you know primarily do that. Uh, now let's go with. Let's go do something silly because I'm going to be a, a little bitch. Uh, let's say Al Ewing, but on like a book I don't care about. Just put him somewhere, <laughs> somewhere where I'll never have to read it. <laughs> Madam Xanadu, 50 yeah. issues. There we go. Immortal Madam Z. <laughs> <laughs> Madam X. Madam X. Oh, I know. But no, he's calling it <laughs> Madam Z because it's part of his <laughs> immortal shit. The immortal shit verse. All right. Well, I just checked. And before we, we wrap things up, we actually had a YouTube comment. Ooh. It comes from friend of the, the show, Preston. He says, hey, dudes, as far as my opinion on Bill Skarsgård being Swamp Thing, I say sure. Why not? I haven't seen any of his work, but since he is over six foot tall and is used to wearing the prosthetics, I say it sounds like a good choice. And then he says, I also have a question for you two. What are some of your favorite new villains slash rivals? It seems like we either get what works and has been around like a kingpin, but rarely do we get a new villain that is unique and interesting enough to care about. Rabble, for instance, is a new Miles Morales villain that, that I love the design for, and it makes me want to know more about that character. Any new ones that you can think of that you really liked? Thanks. I can think my, of one if you need a minute to think. Yeah, I need to think, because, like, my brain's just farting on me. Uh, I, I will say most of the new villains, they usually do look pretty cool, like most of the new character designs. It's just... It's like, boy, they're just shoving these down our throats, and I, it's hard for, harder for me to care about punchline. <laughs> right. But I'll let you say yours. Um, the one that comes to mind, and when I say new, I'm I'm saying that within the last ten years. Okay. Mister Bloom, when oh, he yeah. when he first came out, um, was in the New Fifty Two during Scott Snyder's Batman, and. I didn't really care then, but um, anyone that's been listening for a while knows that he was a big part of Task Force Z, which is, uh, you know, DC, uh, like Suicide Squad meets zombies, and it was really, really good, and Mr. Bloom was the highlight of that whole book for me. He's hilarious and crazy, and it's like, dang... I'm a, I'm a Mr. Bloom stan now. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I really don't know off the top of my head because it's like 
usually when they introduce these new characters, they like, no matter how cool they seem, a lot of these writers, like it just seems like they want this creation to be in some I, some type of live action thing. And so they're like, we have to push these characters hard so that they become a favorite so then they can be in a movie and I can make royalty money off of it. That's how it feels anyway. It's like, why else would we get, you know, everyone's favorite Southern Belle punchline and all of this stuff or... I can know, think like, of one for you, I think. Well, let's hear it. What's that guy... Uh, in Ghost Rider, it's like exhaust or something like that. Oh, exhaust. I mean, that's the most dumb 90s character. Like, I like it because of that, but it's not like a genuine. Well, that, like, that's a good enough reason, though. Yeah, I mean, it, like, that's one of those ones where it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read an exhaust book. <laughs> the hell you wouldn't. Anyway, he's dead. He, he died in the last issue. Oh, you know, you know, spoiler. a ghost, you know, a ghost rider villain's never going to come back to life. <laughs> You know a demon can't come back from the dead. <laughs> well, damn it. Spoils he did, he that. did get he did get damned to hell. Anyway. There we go. We've got Exhaust and Mr. Bloom. <laughs> Ooh, that's a double feature. DC Marvel team up. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't that be insane? It was like it's like, what does the writer have over these two companies? <laughs> I'm just saying, though, uh, what's his name? Rosenberg would write the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. We'd get, do a Rosenberg and Benjamin Percy collab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you. Alex Pastor. Ross on the art, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be so insane. <laughs> I'd pay 10 bucks for that book. Same. All right. Uh, and now I think that brings us to the end of the episode. So closing plugs. If you would head over to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like, you can also find us on Instagram at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, please go to our YouTube channel. Two Worlds podcast on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Let us know down below if you're as horny as Tom Taylor is, and do you enjoy all of the horniness in his books? And let your friends know about this podcast. Say, hey, I know we haven't talked. It's been, it's, it's been, been <laughs> we've made that joke way too many <laughs> times. He's like, it's it's been it's it's been a good long while since we've talked. You know, you're you've lost some friend, you know, you've lost some family and stuff. And this might not be the best time to tell you this. There's this really good podcast. And then you tell them about this podcast. They'll be mad at first. Okay. <laughs> but then they'll be like, oh, fucking dick. I can't believe that he'd bring up this podcast. And they'd see it on Spotify on the hot new podcast that you should be listening to. We're on there. If after you search for us. And <laughs> they'll hit listen and like, that son of a bitch was right. I do love this. I guess I don't need a mom anymore because I have these guys. But we'd love to stay in chat, but we got to get gay married because, you know, why not? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>